You're listening to the Brand Ambition Podcast. Here he is, the owner of Asai TV, lead singer of the One-Eyed Buffalo, former pro wrestler, former army soldier, published author, cat lover, host of Go There, Eat That, Super Proud Dad, and all that, Brandon Bishop. Holy shit. That's really all I have to say about the last week. Uh, Actually, the beginning of this whole new year. So far, 2020 has been an absolute shit meteor storm. Like, instead of meteorites coming from the sky and bursting through the atmosphere and landing... And, and causing great damage instead of like lava and like big giant rocks and meteorites. It's been turds, giant freaking turds falling from the sky. It, it, what the, what is going on right now? It, it, it's, it, you have to laugh. You really, you just have to laugh. You have to grab your, hang on your bulletproof coffee. Mm. Oh shit. That came out. Way fast. Oh, I didn't screw the lid on. Okay, I'm covered in coffee now. See, <laughs> this is what I'm talking. Good start. This is my first podcast of the year for the Brandon Bishop podcast, and uh, it's it's very reflective of the year in itself so far. The first eight days here, uh, it's just a shit. St- it's a mess. I I don't. Uh, I mean, Australia is on burning like okay first of all let me say something about australia we're going to talk about this later too because it's it's actually the uh so well we can talk about it now i guess um people it's bad enough okay it's bad enough that all these animals are dying and you know these people are 1500 or maybe 15,000 homes are displaced uh, businesses are burning down. The infrastructure is just crumbling now, and and, and it's it's a, a, a blaze. It's <laughs> Australia is you know it's a tough place. It'll it'll recover. It's but here's the here's one here's my complaint about this. And yes, I'm already going to start complaining about things. I know, but that's why you listen. You don't have to doctor photos to make it seem worse. It's bad enough. Okay, people, stop doing that shit. And then, you know, someone puts a picture out there where it looks like the entire country's on fire. It's not. It's still really bad. See, my cat's even agreeing with me in the background. She knows how bad it is. Her fellow animals are dying and being burnt and just we're wiping out species because I guess they're finding out that 20 some odd pieces of shit just went around and set bushfires, which caught I don't know if it was a like a terrorist act or something like that. I have no idea. I didn't really read too much about it. Maybe we'll do that here in the headlines. But I, I, I just hate, I hate it when there's something that's so freaking, it's already bad enough. You don't have to go in there and then make the fires look like the entire country. You just don't have to Photoshop a picture from NASA and make it look worse. It's so obviously photographed and these dumbasses online whether they mean to be dumbasses or not, your dumbasses are sharing it out there and, oh my God, look at how bad it is. Yes, it's bad. 
Send some fucking money or something. Don't, I mean, it's fine to air your, your grievances, not grievances, but your grief on social media. Fine. Do that. We all do that. I don't, but most people do that. But don't try to make the, make it seem worse than it is. Cause it, that just makes you part of the problem. You've you got to stop doing that kind of stuff, man. It's bad enough. Let's get to the headlines. It's time for the headlines, baby. Let's get funky. Okay, straight from NPR.org. Uh, God, there's all kinds of stuff. And it's all Iran, but I'm not going to use that right now because... I want to talk about that in the meat of this episode. So the meat of this episode, the main event, the main topic is going to be about the bullshit that's going on in Iran right now. My opinions on it, and I like to look a little deeper than most people. I like to look a little deeper than what Fox News will tell you or CNN will tell you. So we'll get to that later. But I mean, all of these stories, literally all of them are about that big distraction in the desert called um, the Iran what are they calling it? Did, did they come up with a catchy name yet? Is it crisis in Iran? Is it operation dumb fuck or what? I, they're going to come up with something. They got to have the graphic with the music and, uh, in the flashy, you know, after effects and all that stuff. It, it's got to happen eventually. I mean, they shot missiles at us and we killed their people. And okay, I'm going to talk about this later though. I'm not, I got to get to the different headline, something, just anything different. Um, and God, everything revolves around Trump right now. How fucking happy must that make that man? For an egocentrical, like, there's a million different terms I could call him, and most of them are clinical, if that gives you any indication. He's, he's a narcissist, of course, but this is feeding the ego. <laughs> when every single news story in the world not just here at home, but in the world, everything is revolved around him. So he must be loving this stuff. But like I said, we'll talk about that later. I'm trying to find like a, you see, study finds talcum powder, not likely a risk for ovarian cancer. What? What? Why is there a new story about something that's not a thing? Okay, that's great that it's not. I don't really use talcum powder for anything. Uh, I don't think I have ever, to be honest with you. But that's like saying, like, brown sugar is not likely to give you a sore throat. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Tell me something that is causing Hungarian cancer so we can... Oh, boy. Okay, anyways. Iran. Iran. Impeachment. I don't want to talk about Trump. I just don't want to talk. We'll talk about him in the, in the meat. I don't want to talk about them right now. Australian fires prompt questions about protecting houses. Uh, geez, give me, give me something juicy in NPR. There's really nothing at all. That's, I mean, you're going to, you're killing my segment here. Two killed, five injured in avalanche at Idaho ski resort. I'll never understand skiing, man. I, it looks fun. I know people look at me and go, but yeah, Brandon, you were a pro wrestler for 20 years. That's even dumber. I, yeah, you're right. It absolutely is. I don't understand it either, but it's something that gets in your blood. And I guess skiing is kind of like that. My son is a snowboarder with uh, you know his mom's side of the family, and that's cool. I love that he knows how to do that stuff and gets to do that stuff because I sure as sure as hell ain't gonna take him because I don't know how to ski. I don't want to ski. I, you know what screwed me up for skiing? Two words: Sonny Bono. 
you know, from Sonny and Cher and I Got You, Babe, and all that. And the beat goes on. This is a free podcast, so if you expect me to keep singing, then I'm going to add $1.50 or something because my voice is <laughs> absolutely amazing. That's right. And you will pay to hear this voice singing. So I'm not going to give away anything for free. Plus, I don't want to pay, you know, those Sonny Bono and Cher estates royalties for singing these songs. But anyways, you know who Sonny Bono is. Most of you don't. If you don't, look him up. I don't have time to explain. He went skiing and ran into a tree and died. Like in the 70s, he was one of the biggest names in entertainment. I think he was like in politics at this point. And he went skiing and died. That fucked up skiing for me. Period. I will probably never go skiing in my entire life. It doesn't seem like fun to me. Uh, <laughs> and I know this isn't a headline by any means, but um, I mean, these people died. I mean, just there's okay. There's the avalanches. They died from an avalanche. You're on a hill covered in snow, and in Colorado, they're everywhere. Like especially on the West Bank, there, there's like snow everywhere, covering mountains. Sometimes all year round. And that snow like builds up and falls. And then people are there skiing. And for, like I said, though, skiing doesn't even seem that much fun to begin with. You're freezing your ass off the whole time. You got to drive to these places in like shitty snow. doesn't matter what you're driving. The Colorado like mountain pass here, the, the Ute Pass, I think it's called, is treacherous, man. It's scary as hell. I've driven that thing in a freaking Toyota, uh, what, what are those little ones called? The, the little Toyota like hatchback cars, little compact cars. And I don't know how I made it home. <laughs> I don't. I've made that trip in various vehicles and they've all sucked. Whether it was a four by four or just some little freaking hatchback thing. It's scary to get there. You're freezing your ass off the whole time you got to dress up like 900 layers of clothing and then you go stand in line to go sit on a chair that puts you like 50 feet in the air and, and it climbs you up a mountain the ski lifts i don't like those either because i've seen people get stuck on those things I've seen, i know i sound paranoid but I, it's not that at all it's just i've seen these things happen like in person i saw somebody fall off a ski lift once and it was terrible all the flashing lights come. There's people rushing, and they gotta, you know, step in the snow and all this stuff just to get to the person. I mean, they survived and everything, but it just awful, 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 awful. Then you get to the top of the mountain, and then it's gravity's job. I like to be in control of myself. I know we're in gravity. I'm in gravity right now, but <laughs> I'm not a good skier. I don't. I never learned how to ski. I never even went down the bunny hill. The closest thing I've done to skiing is sledding. And that was like so many years ago, I don't even remember doing it. But so you're, you're, you're flying down this mountain and my kid's really good at it too. Not skiing, but snowboarding. I, maybe he skis too. I don't know what they do over there, but I love seeing the videos that his mom sends me and, and the pictures and stuff. It's great, but I worry about him, man. I do. I, I just, you have so many injuries. How many times have you seen people with like their arm, like in a, in a thing that keeps it straight out and it's all in a cast and they got a neck brace on and, and crutches and everything. What did you do, man? Did you get jumped? Nah, man, I was skiing. Not for me, man. Not for me. I hope my kid uh, never gets injured or anything or, you know, buried in a freaking avalanche. My goodness. Oh, you know, the, 
I'm going to go to a different site. You know, let's get, let's do something new. Let's go to Fox News headlines. I've never been to Fox News anything. Katy Perry dines with 2020 presidential candidate Michael Bloomberg in Los Angeles. That'd be an interesting love affair, wouldn't it? Bloomberg is kind of, kind of, maybe it's just that he's got so much money he can afford to put out a good face, but he's kind of warm, warming me up a little bit. I don't know. I mean, how do you beat a misogynist, egotistical billionaire with a misogynist? I don't know if he's misogynist, to be honest with you. I, I don't know anything about Bloomberg. I know he's the mayor of New York and all that stuff, but or maybe the governor. I literally don't know anything about Bloomberg, but I like a lot of what he has to say. So um, he's, I'm kind of warming up to him. I, I need to do a lot more research. Um, Australian Instagram star slammed for posting inappropriate photo during Australian bushfire. Oh, geez. What, is, what did this idiot do? And he, First of all, if you're an Instagram star, I already fucking hate you. An Australian Instagram star was uh, exonerated for posting a since-deleted photo of herself in a wet T-shirt in efforts to raise funds for... Wait, this isn't bad. Tammy Hembro, who has 10.5 million followers on Instagram, briefly, briefly deactivated her account after posting a racy snap with the caption... 100% profits are going to the emergency relief. Th- this is getting into something that I was actually going to talk about in the Hall of Respect. I don't know why Fox News is making this a bad thing. Dude, if you're a sexy bitch or a sexy motherfucker and you can raise money to help people with your said sexiness, what's wrong with that? That's actually amazing. Somebody wrote... Are you serious? You post an ad while your country burns. Instead of promoting awareness, you promote yourself. But she's raising money for the bushfires in in Australia. I want to see this picture. I want to see how hot she is. Okay, I'm seeing a bunch of burning kangaroos and koala bears. That sucks. And she wrote, our home is burning. Broken heart emoji. These are the worst bushfires on record, and they are still burning. Five million uh, hectares. I don't know what that is. Oh, 15 million acres of land has burned. That's a lot. Our wildfire is, uh, our, our wildlife is burning alive. More big numbers in capital letters. Okay, this lady's awesome. And the other person, actually, who I'm going to put in the Hall of Respect here in a little bit, I might have, you know, honestly, the headlines sucked today. It's all Iran and, and impeachment shit, and I'm done with it. So let's let's do the little soundbite for the, uh, the Hall of Respect and just get right into this. Welcome to the Hall of Respect. These people are awesome. I love them. Here's the thing: if I had rippling abs and a giant juicy dong between my legs and, and, and beautiful biceps and lats and, 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 and just a muscular, thin, athletic body, which I'm working on. Okay, let me, let me get there. I'm old, so I got to take it day at a time. Um, if I had all of that going for me and a million-dollar smile and nice little dimples and a square jawline and, and a beautiful head of hair, which I, I do have a beautiful head of hair, if I had all of that shit going for me, and my neighborhood was burning down. And I knew that people would pay 
whether it's 10 bucks a photo or 100 bucks a photo or for a video or anything like that, if I knew people would pay to see all of this greatness, I would take a thousand pictures of said big juicy hog between my legs and sell them to raise money to help my neighborhood. That is ingenious. So this woman is getting shit all over uh, Tammy Himbro, which I still haven't seen any pictures of her. I'm a complete, complete pervert, so I really want to see her. Um, Let's see what Fox News has to do. Of course, Fox makes this into a negative. Oh, fuck your commercials. Anyways, of course, Fox makes us a negative because they're so righteous and they're so, you know, evangelical based and all this shit. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. This person is going out there using what she has. She has 10.5 million Instagram followers and she's using them and using what she created in, in her own body to help her community and help. It makes no freaking sense whatsoever to, to slam this woman. I'm, I'm a sh- Ugh, I hate these people. I hate them. Uh, and here's the thing. They have a... <laughs> and right below this, they have an ad for Fox Nation. Original shows, documentaries, and celebrate America. Everyday America. And w- who's in this ad? A super hot blonde chick. Like, Beautiful. Like supermodel. You're doing the same thing. You're using sex to sell your product, but you're not helping fucking anybody. Tammy Hembro is not even the person. I, I just found out about her just now while reading the headlines. Oh my goodness, she's freaking gorgeous. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, if I had all that going for me, if you know, male or female. Absolutely, I would do what she's doing. But anyways, Hall of Respect, I'm going to put both of them in. Definitely Tammy Hembro for doing what she's doing. But I read uh, a couple days ago, uh, Kaylin Ward is trading. uh, Oh, she's hot too, man. Jeez. Social media influencer, whatever the fuck that is. I need to get into that money. I need to figure these people out. I do. I need to get them to help me sell my networks and sell all this other stuff because... That's just the way to do it now. TV, print, and radio don't do shit for you anymore. You can spend all your money on that stuff and get zero returns. Trust me, I know. But Kaylin Ward, also known as the Naked Philanthropist, love it. She's raised uh, 500000 in just two days. Which actually, it's over like a million now in just a few days by offering naked photos in exchange for donations for wildlife uh, relief funds. She's 20 years old. Not even old enough to drink, really, which is crazy. Uh, she's in Los, she's a Los Angeles model and people are giving her shit for it. I mean, okay, I'm going to raise the, the bar here. Where's Pornhub? Pornhub. I love you. Pornhub's amazing. You don't know what us guys had to go through. I guess and girls too had to go through in the eighties and even the nineties just to jerk off. You have no idea what we had to go through. From the scrambled cable channels to finding your dad's magazines in the closet when they weren't home. You had to sneak in there. And my dad had little like VHS tapes with porn on it. And I'd have to like watch it, do my business, and then rewind it to the exact spot so he didn't know I I was using his shit. (sighs) More bulletproof coffee. 
No idea what we went through, people. Unless you were struggling alongside me. Now, Pornhub is, and, and you porn and all these other ones, I don't really don't honestly watch it that much, but I do. And when I do, it's there for me and I love it. Thankfully, I'm, you know, I got memories. Um, <laughs> anyway, Pornhub, all of these channels, you need to do a fundraiser for the Australian bushfires. You have to do a fundraiser because, first of all, a billion people are on your site a day. That's a lot. And if you just ask people for five bucks, I'll give you five bucks. You know, I wish I was a Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, social media influencer that had a b- uh, 10 million followers. That would be awesome. I, too, would do something. I don't know. It might, I'd probably go the funny route and offer, like, you know, sexy poses or something. I wouldn't be naked uh, because nobody wants to see that. And no, definitely nobody would pay for that. But I would do something. I'd send him pictures of my cat. I would, whatever. I would send him a personal message if I had that kind of influence, which I do not yet. Yet, yet, but <clears throat> it's a it, it's a shame that people have to shit all over these people. So, uh, welcome to the Hall of Respect, Kaylin Ward and Tammy Hembro. That you guys are uh, really young. <laughs> I have a daughter older than you, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, they're still super hot. I mean, it's whatever. But you guys are doing a. Uh, just awesome. That That's so cool. That is so fucking cool. It's not even about them. They're doing this for charity and Fox news is going to shit on them. And the evangelical base here in this country and abroad are going to shit on them. I bet you these two women could stop a war. I honestly mean that send them over to Iran. We don't have to drop bombs on those people. Those people are amazing over there. Send those girls over there. Make the men. I'll cover their eyes and everything. <laughs> I don't know how this works. Oh, all I know is that it's 2020. There's earthquakes and fires and bombs and, and naked girls raising more money than business people. You know, these naked girls are business people. These Instagram and social media influencers, and they're fucking business people. They've cracked the code. And I'm still working on that shit myself, so... <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's a, it's just a weird time to be alive, especially for someone like me who I, I've lived through the seventies, eighties and nineties, two thousands and, and the two tens. Now I'm into another decade. It's just a weird, weird, weird time. And you know what? Let's play another soundbite real quick. Hang on. Oh God. Welcome to the dungeon of douches. These people are assholes. Okay, the Dungeon of Douche. I'm just going to go right into this, too. I, I had written down, because I, I honestly, I've been, there, there's the obvious Dungeons of Douche uh, candidates. There's, there's, there's so many of them. I could put Trump in every single week. I could put Michael, Michael Bolton, I'm sorry, uh, Bolton, I forgot his first name. I could put him in there every week. I could put this Soleimani, Soleimani guy Iran's guy that we that we offed gangsta style. I could put him in there every single week. 
I just don't want to. I'm trying to get creative with it, and I, I want to kind of cover a subject with it. I was going to put jealous men, like dominating men, because I, I, I've seen so much of this shit, and people share it on, in, on social media because that's how they cry out. That's how they ask for help these days. I have personal friends who call me all the time, and they just have massive relationship problems. And I don't know why they always come to me. I'm here for you. You're more than welcome to. But, you know, it's it's kind of awkward. <laughs> I, 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 I don't have the right answers. I'm not a, you know, trained person in, in this field. I know what my opinions are. I know what I think I should say. But, you know, I, I get it all the time. And, and it, it, lately it's just been a crazy amount of it. Just people, women calling me in abusive or just, whether it's verbally abusive or there's such a thing as financially abusive or dominating relationships, not the good dominating. And I, and I feel terrible for it. And I look back at all my life. I look back at, at, at the entire canvas of my life and I try to think of a time I've been in a relationship where I was just a dominating asshole, jealous piece of shit. And I actually remember some times, and I, I don't feel good about them. Is mostly when I was in my twenties and early thirties. I was not. First of all, all men in their twenties and early thirties are fucking stupid. They're all assholes. They all think they know everything, and as I did when I was in my twenties and early thirties, I could even add late teens, but that's innocent shit, for the most part. But yeah, I remember just being like, no one's going to fucking look at my woman and shit like that. If that even crosses your fucking brain, you're a douche bag. I I don't understand being controlling like that. I Maybe that's why I'm single because honestly, ladies, <laughs> this is not the, the greatest thing to say, but some of you grow addicted and dependent on... A controlling man that's super jealous. Some of you are flattered by it. And don't tell me I'm fucking wrong because I'm not. I've met hundreds of you that just want to be completely dominated, not only in the bedroom, but in life in general. And I don't know if that's a sickness. I don't know if it's just something you're accustomed to. I don't know if it's a sense of home for you because that's what you're used to. But, you know, me now... I would never fucking do that. I can't even imagine putting, <laughs> I almost said putting that kind of effort into it, but it's true. I, I, it's a lot of effort to be a fucking asshole and to dominate somebody. Here's my, here's my view on a relationship. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. And then when we're together, we do whatever the fuck we want to do. If you want to go out and fuck other people, go out and fuck other people. I don't really care to know about it, but I'm not, I don't own you. And I'm not saying I'm only like into open relationships. No, that's not the case at all. I've rarely ever cheated on anybody I've ever been with, especially in the last, well, I haven't had a girlfriend in, you know, years and years and years. I, mean, I had one a couple of years ago and I had one last one before that. And that only lasted like seven months. But the one before that, which lasted a few years, was at the live-in one, was in 2012. It's 2020. I'm going on eight years of being single, and it's been great. I mean, there's, there's you know people out there that 
would totally win over my heart. I could drop names, <laughs> but I'm not gonna, because then it gets awkward. Uh, but I just, man, I, I don't have it in me to do that whole thing where you just put a cage around another human being and say, this is how you're going to live. Like I said, though, some people need that. Some people want that. Some people crave that. But you're not going to get that from me. So if you're listening and you've ever thought about you know, being with Brandon, which I know a lot of you do. Oh, yeah, that's right. A lot of you stay up late at night staring at that ceiling. Mm-hmm. You're listening to my podcast. You're watching my TV shows. You're listening to my albums. And you're going, man... I want this boy to lock me down. But it's not going to happen. Even if I was to fall in love with you. Like I said, do what you do, man. I don't want a slave. I don't want a fucking piece of property. I'm a minimalist. I don't even want the shit I have in my house right now, for the most part. I like my cat. I like my kid. There's some things, like I, I got to be able to do this podcast, so I need this microphone and the interface and on the computer and all this stuff. I like my network, so I need a, you know, everything that's pertaining to that. I like that stuff because I, I, I need it. But I don't want a piece of property with two legs, two arms, a vagina, and a face. I don't, I don't need that. I want somebody who I'm a fan of, somebody who goes out there and just, I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care if you're a guitar player in a death metal band or if you're a fucking, you know, flying across the country, mapping out the country. I don't care what you do. You could own a pole studio. You could own fuck. I just want to be a fan of your drive. And I want I don't want you to be dominant either. I want this just to be a fucking friendship that involves, you know, going places and eating things. You know, putting my wiener in you. That's that's really I just want a best friend that I get to be naked with. That's not a guy because that doesn't do it for me yet. Maybe there's a guy out there. I I don't know. I could just bump into a guy and go, Oh my God, I'm in love with that guy. I just want to put his wiener in my hands and just my mouth. I want to do things to him with my mouth. That's this hasn't happened yet. Maybe it will. Who knows? I'll give my mom that call and say, Hey, here's my new boyfriend, Jeff. I don't know why I said Jeff, but that's a good name. Jeff is my new boyfriend, Brandon and Jeff. We'll put that on our front door, on a, on a floor mat. Welcome to Brandon and Jeff's house. We do gay things. But I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. If it's just, personally, I think it's a douchebag thing. I think people have nothing else going in their life where they have to have this one thing and that thing has to be, you know, their person, the person that they're with. This is my fucking thing. No one's going to touch her. No one's going to look at her. She's not going to fucking do anything that I don't tell her to do. Who the fuck does that? Anyways, I am so way far off base right now. I just went way in, in a sidebar. It's not even a sidebar at this point. It became its own little thing. Uh, the Dungeon of Douche, <laughs> which I've already played the sound bite, So we're still in that segment. Uh, I was, um, first of all, jealous men. If you're, if you're that person I just said, talked about, you're in the dungeon of douche. We're going to drag all of you. And there are a lot of you down a dark, stinky, wet, moist. I like the word moist, uh, disgusting, rat infested, cockroach, uh, infested hallway. We're going to drag you by your freaking neck and we're going to chain you upside down with your feet 
in shackles, which we're going to tighten until your feet turn blue. Your head's going to be in a three inches of just garbage juice. Because that's where, you be- that's where you belong. You deserve to be there. You're, you're in the dungeon of douche now. You can't get out. You're going to rot there until you die or until you realize that uh, you were a complete douchebag. And if you're in your 20s right now, you'll start realizing that you're a douchebag right in your 30s. If you're in your 30s right now, you'll start realizing that you're a douchebag in your 40s. And maybe when I'm in my 50s, I'll be like, man, in my 40s, I was a douchebag. But you're not going to be alone in there, jealous guys. You're not going to be alone in there at all. No, you're going to have some friends. And it's Fox News and it's everybody else who's shitting on these beautiful women who are out there making millions, yes, millions of dollars in relief fund for not just Australian bushfires, but for all the charities that these people do this stuff for. That is amazing. They're using what they have. They're doing what they can to raise money and you're shitting on them and you're villainizing them and you're fucking stupid. So welcome to the dungeon of douche. Product placement. Brandon likes this stuff. I just want to listen to this music. It makes me so happy. I faded out here. Anyways, product placement, these uh, companies and these items and these uh, services are not paying me. Uh, They don't probably even know about me. They're not giving me free product or anything. It's just things that I enjoy that I would like to pass down uh, knowledge of to you. So this is the product placement uh, for this week is the Anova Sous Vide uh, Precision Cooker. Now, I had no idea what this thing was or what that it even existed a mere couple of weeks ago. But as you know, um, I am a corporate shill, a puppet, a sheep of Starbucks, and I'm drinking you know, Bulletproof Coffee at the moment because it's here and I got the little Keurig pods and whatever, And I, but I'm drinking it out of a Starbucks coffee tin thing here. What do they call these? Little coffee... Uh, things. Uh, <laughs> I've eat, I've drinking so much coffee and eaten so many uh, Starbucks egg bites that I had enough stars to buy a couple of these things. Hang on. Mm, keeps the coffee nice and nice and nice and hot. But I have a, a freaking cupboard full of these things now, not to mention the little collectible cups that I'm starting to collect, which I have no room for. I don't know why I'm doing it with all the different states and cities on them and stuff. Oh, I blame my friend Heather. <laughs> it's just it. It's Heather's fault. Everything's Heather's fault. Um, but Heather's awesome, and uh, these Starbucks egg bites are awesome, and I wanted to learn how to make them myself because that's what I do. I'm kind of a cook. I like to figure things out. It's fun and delicious. And if I could make like a shit ton of egg bites, because these things aren't cheap. They're like for two little egg bites at Starbucks, it's like five bucks. Five bucks. You could get a Psy TV for that, for one order of egg bites. But you only got to pay that once a month. I have to have egg bites every day. I do. They're low in carbs, and I like them. They're delicious. They're like crack. But for five bucks, you can get a side TV and get over 600 hours of all original and classic TV and movies. And yes, this is a plug. Uh, you go to asidetv.com. It's only five bucks, 17 cents a day. You've got Netflix. You've got Hulu. You've got Amazon Prime. You've got HBO Go. You've got Disney Plus. You've got all of this shit. Now, add... ASYTV.com, Asai TV, to your televised entertainment collection of streaming platforms. 
Yeah, that's right. Just go to AsaiTV.com. It's five bucks. Get the fucking network already. I'm tired of shilling it out to people. Uh, We've had over almost... 1,500 people listen to this podcast every single week for the last week. We haven't grown. We haven't shrunk. So that's pretty good. I guess I found my 1,500 people, my 15 minutes of fame for my 1,500 people. It's it's you. So I appreciate you listening. But there's so much more to this guy. If you like this guy, this guy right here that's talking to you, Brandon Bishop, that's me. This is the Brandon Bishop podcast that you're listening to. If you like this. then get your ass over to a side TV. There's a whole lot more Brandon on there. And it's not just about me. Yeah, my show Go There Eat That's on there. My show Alone in the Dark is on there. My son's show, Little Brandon, uh, the BB Ox Mouser show. There is so much stuff. But there's also like a ton of other stuff. The UFO show with WWE Hall of Famer Lita, uh, Amy Duma. Uh, Eva Lise has her show on there now. New York Ham with Eddie Finocchiero. Um, Happy, Healthy, Hungry, The Chateau featuring the Cat Girls of the Cat Manor. There's so much stuff. Oh my goodness. I mean, do you want me to sit here and list all the shows? Because it would literally take the rest of the time that I'm trying to get this podcast done in. <sighs> There's that much stuff. ASYTV.com. Now, what the fuck was I talking about? Oh, yeah, Egg Bites. Starbucks uh, has got me hooked on, on Egg Bites. It's, I've never done crack. I've never done any kind of addictive drugs, not even painkillers. But I imagine the attraction would be very, very similar to my insatiable hunger for egg bites it's not okay anymore um yeah (laughs) it's just not okay so i wanted to make it myself apparently they're called sous vide s-o-u-s-v-i-d-e sous vide precision cooking uh, is how they make their egg bites so i looked online what's a sous vide thing i imagine it would cost like thousands of dollars or something and i'm sure the one that they use is crazy expensive but the one that i found was like 130 bucks on amazon it's the anova brand it's a stick that you stick into a pot full of water and it just precisionly precisionly cooks your uh, whatever you put in it you can put anything in there and i tell you what i made some and I need to tweak it a little bit to make it more like Starbucks. I think that's just a matter of adding more butter and cheese, which I'm trying to stay a little healthy with this thing. But <sighs> delicious. I made six egg bites. I made pastrami egg bites. I made turkey egg bites. I made all kinds of fucking egg bites. And they were all, they're all gone already. Um, I made six like two days ago, and they're all gone. So, yeah, it's an amazing product. Anova is the brand that I brought. I think I got like the mid-brand, the mid-line brand. There's better ones. There's... I don't, I don't know. It's science, man. It's You put stuff in bags or little jars, and you put it in the water, and it just stirs the water around kind of and keeps it at a perfect temperature. It's fucking amazing, dude. I love this thing. I'm, I, I want to cook all of my meals in there. There's no cleanup afterwards. So get on Amazon or, or just look up sous vide machines, and the Anova one is iBrand. Breville has a brand as well. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of them out there. You could spend up to 600 bucks on these things, or you can you know, spend as low as 100 bucks on these things. So Check it out, man. I think you'll really like it. If you're a cook, if you like to uh, uh, do new things in the in the kitchen, uh, that that's your hookup right there, man. So yeah, for the product placement, the Anova sous vide precision cooker. Check it out. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on, bye guys. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. So yeah, this is from Blues Clues. What happened to the original host of Blues Clues? Did he did he kill himself or something? 
Hang on, I got to get to the mail, but I have to look this up real quick. Let me see. Original Blues Clues Guy. I'm sure there'll be something about it. Stephen Michael Burns, born October 9th, 1973. Wow, he's only 21 days older than me. Is an American actor, television. I thought he, like, killed himself or something. It's so weird. I'm... I'm I heard about it, but I didn't want to put that much time into it. Oh, he's all, he's still alive. And he's bald. Yeah, he's, okay, he's an indie rock. Oh, wait, he's there. Oh, wait. He's an indie rock alternative musician now. That's got to be interesting. Can you imagine being like the original host of Blues Clues and then getting up on stage and jamming like you're a rock fucking rock star now? And people in the crowd, all they care about is blues clues. So they're like, a clue, a clue. And just, wow, that's a, that's a conundrum right there. That would be, a, I mean, I've been in stage and had people heckle me before, but that's a whole new level of heckling if you're the original host of blues clues. A lot of the people in the crowd probably grew up watching you. They better, they, they better use that. They have to. I, I, I'm, I'm obsessed with this now. Maybe I'll do it in a, in a future He's a signed musician now. He's a singer, keyboardist, guitar player. I'm I'm obsessed with this guy now. I, I discography. He's got albums out. What's the name of his band? Steve Burns and the Struggle. <laughs> okay, I got to get back on topic, man. Otherwise, we'll be here all day. But like, as soon as this podcast is over, I'm going. I'm getting on YouTube. I'm looking up Steve Michael Burns because uh, he looks like Michael Stipe now. It's from REM. That's weird. Yeah, he was on Blues Clues for like six freaking years. Okay, I'm, I'm back. I got to get this off my phone. <laughs> I have to. I will be on this all day. Like literally, I'm, going, I'm, I'm researching as soon as I'm done here, and we'll talk about it next week. Maybe I'll even reach out to him. I mean, honestly, how hard could it be to get an interview with, with, with him? I, I, I want one. And that's not a put down by any means, but he's not on Blues Clues anymore. He's basically just kind of in a, in a smaller local band. I've never heard of him. Anyways, let's get to the mail. <laughs> Steve Michael Burns has set up with his soundbite. Uh, Paul wants to know, uh, where's the new OEB album? OEB, um, I guess. Do I know you, Paul? Okay. Anyway, where's the new OEB album? OEB is One-Eyed Buffalo. It's uh, me and uh, Dave, uh, who left us last year. Um, not left the band, but left the earth, unfortunately. Um, we've been recording since 1998 or 1999 when we met in Korea in the Army. And uh, we fell in love immediately as two straight men, as much as two straight men could. Uh, I think we were jamming the first day we met in Korea. There's this little place called the Players Club on Camp Stanley in South Korea, where I was, where we were stationed in the army. And uh, yeah, um, literally started creating music right away, uh, writing songs and just jamming. It was so much fun. Uh, some of the best times of my life when we never we never stopped for 21 years. So and until you know his heart stopped. So is that is that brutal to say that? I, I, it didn't offend me, and I'm his best friend. So 
Anyway, uh, he left enough music behind because he'd always send me stuff, send me emails. And I've gone over this a thousand times on this podcast because I love Dave and I like talking about him. Uh, the guy's a musical genius, and he sent me a ton, like literally enough for an album and a half. Uh, so the next album, 21 Years, will probably be out this summer. I'm working on it. It's not easy for me, okay? I don't have Dave next to me telling me I, I suck, do it again. And that's what I need. So I'm trying to get his daughter to come up here and sit next to me and say that sucked. But, you know, his daughter's not him. Uh, they're very similar in a lot of ways, both very talented, beautiful people. But, you know, I, I just needed that that voice, Dave's voice. You know, he kind of had one of these, like, oh, man, that was, oh, you know, just that fucking voice that I, I miss so much. But I, I want to do it right. I want to do it good. So this summer, I'm going to spend... Is, is, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not going to give you a time, but I'd like to have it out by this summer. Uh, Jess wants to know, who's my favorite serial killer? <laughs> uh, none of them. They're all pieces of shit. If you end somebody else's life uh, and it's not in self-defense, you're a piece of shit. Um, yeah, I don't... I, here's the, here's, I, I'm, I'm a hypocrite. I'm a complete hypocrite because I watch an insanely amount of informative murder porn because first of all, I'm a filmmaker, I'm a documentary filmmaker and I like to see how they tell these stories. I like to see, and by the way, you don't have to start off every one of these things with a drone shot over a city. You don't have to do that. It's cool. I guess it works, but you don't have to do that. It seems like everybody thinks that's part of the formula. Now you you just don't have to do that. Um, But when it comes down to it, it's not cool. (laughs) It's, it's, it's not cool to glamorize people for killing other people. Yes, it's interesting because it's, believe it or not, I mean, there's 350 million people in this country alone, billions around the world. It's not that common for people to go fucking crazy and kill a bunch of people, thankfully. Thankfully, it's not that common. Even if it happens every day, like one person does it every day, there's billions of people on the earth, it's not that common. So, yeah, it's... um. there's plenty of stories and stuff like uh, Homicide Hunter with Officer Kenda. You know, if you commit murder, I will find you. Dude, you're like 90 now. Like, ch- calm down. But that's, you know, that, that show is based in Colorado Springs. They have like nine seasons with 26 episodes per season of just murders. Murders. All within 10 miles from my, where I live right now in Colorado Springs. It's fucking creepy and crazy. But you got to think that was over the course of like, you know, 40 years of his career. So anyway, it's I don't have a favorite serial killer. I don't think anybody should have a favorite serial killer. Even when I see people wearing shirts with like Charles Manson and stuff on it, I think you're stupid. You know, I I just think it's fucking stupid. I, I don't get it. Even like old mobsters and stuff and just anybody who kills innocent people is a piece of shit. And they deserve to just fucking rot they deserve all the pain and suffering in the world. Kill them. Get them off the fucking planet. I'm all for the death penalty when it comes to people like that. If you're proven without a doubt to be a piece of shit, psycho fucking killer, then fucking die. Remove you from the equation entirely. But let you sit in a fucking tiny little cell with no privileges. Put you in solitary confinement for fucking the rest of your life. You're garbage. Tired of people like this. And I'm tired of people glamorizing them. Personally, here's my, here's my plan. If you're listening out there 24-7 media, this is what you should do. 
whenever this kind of stuff happens, and it will keep happening, give them a fucking name. Don't say their real name. Never say their real name. But you can show their face and give them some name like dumb fuck or douchebag or piece of shit, worthless garbage. Give them a name like that. Because these people are doing this, first of all, because they have no fucking life whatsoever. They have nothing to look forward to. They have nothing to love. Nothing loves them. So they crunches into their fucking head. And it, it, it depresses them. And they're fucking just worthless bags of fucking flesh at this point. And all they want is notoriety. They want attention. So they go out there and they slaughter a bunch of people, whether it's one person or 500 people. They go out there and they just fucking slaughter them. And they end their lives. Whatever they were doing, everything from the time that they were born up until the day they met you was just fucking gone. It's a memory. There's nothing left of these people except for the memories that other people have of them. And you did that to them for no reason. Their entire future, the kids that they would have had, the careers that they would have had, the things they could have created, gone because of a piece of shit with nothing, with nothing in their fucking life. So don't say their fucking real name. Don't make them a martyr. Don't let them influence other people in that same situation. Ridicule them. Ridicule them and make them a clown. Make them the piece of shit that they are. Call them out. Don't say their fucking real names. Never say that. Because if I'm a lonely, little depressed, freaking asshole who has nothing in life and is just basically a piece of shit, And I'm not saying lonely, depressed people are pieces of shit. Don't get me wrong. That's not where I'm going. You know what I'm saying right now. If I have these tendencies in my head and I think that being a martyr and going out there and killing people and and just getting that kind of attention, I'll be on a list with all these John Wayne Gacy's and Ted Bundy's and all that stuff. Yeah. Maybe instead of if if it wasn't Ted Bundy, we called him rat fuck. (laughs) We called him piece of shit. We called him turd burglar. Something we called him cockface, something like that. We call him Mr. Corn in my shit. Maybe if that was his name, spattered across 24-7 media for months and months, maybe they wouldn't want to do it. But that's just, you know, some wild plan that I came up with out of my ass. <sighs> Anyways, um, oh, we got more questions. <laughs> I kind of kind of carried away on that one. Uh, my favorite places to take my son from Nikki. Um, Nikki, I don't. Do I know you? I, don't, I just write down first names. Honestly, I try to keep everything on my phone because it's easier that way. Uh, favorite places to take my son. Well, if you're in Colorado, I, I like going on hikes with him. It's a lot of fun. Um, other times, we we honestly, I've made like a gaming palace in his room for him. So he loves hanging out in there. He's got his gaming computers. He's got his Oculus. He's got his Xboxes. He's got all of these things, you know, between me and my mom. <laughs> We've spoiled the shit out of this kid, but he's a great kid. So, but um, yeah, he likes staying at home, especially on Sundays. Sundays are our lazy day. We don't do a whole lot on Sundays unless we have to. Um, but yeah, Detroit is really the place where he likes to go. He, not only does he get to see his grandmother, my mom, but he's got like revved up fun. If you're in Michigan, go to Woodhaven, look up revved up fun, R-E-V-D-U-P fun. 
go there. It's awesome. They got like ropes courses and laser tag and bumper cars and jungle gyms and restaurants and a bar and a full arcade. And it, it's crazy in there. It's awesome. And uh, I'm really good friends with the owner. I've done a lot of film work for him. He loves that place. That That's his church. Also, there's places like um, uh, Marvin's Marvelous Mechanical Museum, which is in Ferndale, I believe, Michigan. Uh, that place is incredible. It's an arcade, but literally it's an attraction. You have to go check it out. It's amazing. And, uh, I mean, there's little stuff. He like, he just likes to be, you know, doing something. And when he's not doing anything, then that's when he's, you know, stuck to watching other people playing video games on YouTube, which I still don't understand. But then again, I get on YouTube and I watch people, you know, living in RVs. <laughs> so um, I've been addicted to doing that lately. Oh, look at his family. They've been living in an RV for a year. And I'm just watching their adventures and mainly because I want to do that and I will do that, but it's still me doing basically the same thing that he's doing. So I can't really talk a whole lot of shit. Uh, anyway, next question. Uh, this is getting long plans for more episodes of go there, eat that from Donna. Oh yeah. We got a whole season coming out, um, or season being ready to be filmed. It's just a matter of funding it at this point. You know, I'm not a rich man and never claimed to be. A Psy TV is not a multi-billion dollar company or even a million dollar company. It's barely a thousand dollar company. Uh, so yeah, once it's funded, we're going to start hitting the road again and uh, line up the right people to help me film it. It's going to be a bigger deal this time. It's going to be more like a Anthony Bourdain type show where I'm talking more about the culture of every city that I'm in and uh, to the backdrop of food. And um, Anthony's not around anymore, so why not? And um because, you know, Go There, Eat That, which is my TV show on a side TV, has always been kind of like a drive-ins, diners, and dives thing. And I don't like that show at all. Uh, I don't care about Guy Fieri or whatever. I, I'm sure he's a nice guy. He's kind of a dick to me when I met him. But I don't uh, want to be that. I don't want anybody can go show up and eat a fucking sandwich and be like, wow, that's great. But not too many people can dig into the culture of a city and know why that sandwich is great. So it, you know, I need to do a lot more work. A lot of times, uh, go there, eat that was filmed just because I was out filming another person's show. Like I'll be on the show with Amy Duma filming the UFO show. And I say, Hey, let's stop here and do a go there, eat that. It's always just been something I kind of threw in without a whole lot of effort. Um, so yeah, I'm going to change that and I'm looking forward to it. Really. I just got to also get into shape first because, I don't want to be fat and then get fatter, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you for that question, uh, Donna. Um, leading into this question, Lisa, how's the diet? It's I'm stuck at like 245 right now, which is better than 275. So I've kept it off, but I have, I've kind of hit a wall, and I need to uh, recommit, so to speak. But thanks for asking, Lisa. Jams wants to know the least favorite part of my body. <laughs> uh, my penis, because it keeps getting me in trouble. Now, um, I got this like inner tube around me, which is really hard to get rid of. So if you got any advice out there, nutritionalists and gym people, uh, how to get rid of this little inner tube around me, like it starts with the love handles, a little bit of the gut, and then like around the back. It's not so bad back there anymore since I lost the weight, but I fucking hate it. It's like, doesn't you can't look good in jeans. You can't look good in a shirt. It just kind of sucks. So that's my least favorite part of the body. Um, three things you can't sleep without. Uh, Rachel. No, I'm, Rachel's who asked me the question. I'm not answering with a Rachel. Then again, I don't know who Rachel is. So maybe I'm, I can't sleep at night right as it is. So uh, Rachel, maybe, uh, maybe it's you that I can't sleep without. Maybe as soon as you're like, I meet you, we hit it off and you stay the night. 
I'll be able to sleep like a baby. I, I, maybe that's the thing. But no, I wasn't saying Rachel is one of the things that I can't sleep without. I'm saying Rachel asked that question. Um, honestly, I have to have a fan on or some kind of uh, white noise in the background. And when I say white noise, I'm not saying like Michael Bolton music or anything like that. I'm saying just like, you know, fan, static noise, something in the background. I usually have the TV on, which is probably another reason I can't sleep, even though that's been proven to be nonsense. Um, I got this new humidifier from like Walgreens. It was like 50 bucks. I keep that thing on now at, at night and I don't wake up with a dry mouth, which is awesome. Uh, which for some reason, maybe it's a seasonal thing, but I, for like two weeks, I drove, just woke up with a crazy dry mouth. Could have been a diet thing. Who knows? But uh, my cat's always there. We got these. There's a brand called Pillow Fort. And <laughs> they're really cute. It's like these stuffed bears, right? You can get them at Target. That's where we get ours. And it started off with one. We named him Barry Barrington. It was just something stupid. He was a little stupid thing for my kid. You know, whatever. He's 12. He doesn't need a stuffed bear. But they're really comfortable pillows. So, you know, we'd fight over the Barrington, and this is like a little thing. We have a, a thousand little things that we just that are totally nonsensical and goofy, but to us, they're funny as hell. So, you know, fuck you if you're judging us for having teddy bears. Uh, anyways, Pillow Fort's the brand. We call them the Barringtons, and uh, they're just really cool pillows. I always have one behind my neck almost at all times. And um, so we bought Barry Barrington. I said, yeah, you know, we're fighting over this one. I'll just get another one. So we had Gary Barrington. And then we'd fight over both of them. Why well, I need this one and this one. I, I put one between my knees when I go to sleep because it's just comfortable. And uh, it's like a body pillow type of thing. It's not that big, but it's they're, they're pretty big. So then we bought another one and then another one. So I think we have, let's see if I can do this. Um, we have Barry. We have Gary. We have Jerry, Terry, Harry, Carrie, Larry, Perry, and Biggie Barrington. Biggie's like, they came out with a bigger model that had a blanket stuffed in it, so I got one of those. We have, and they're, they're all the same bears. They look the same, except for Biggie's a little bigger. We have them everywhere, man. They're fucking everywhere. And it started off just as a joke, and now it's like a run-on gag. So uh, I, I honestly, yeah, I'm, I'm admitting it. I sleep with a teddy bear, actually two. One's between my knees, and one's usually like uh, either behind my neck or next to me. Got a problem with that? Don't sleep with me. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. They're comfortable, super soft pillows, and I love them, and they're all over the freaking house. It started as a joke, and I don't see that joke ending anytime soon. Anyways, uh, last question. Uh, Jenna, worst sex you've ever had? Well, Jenna, I don't have bad sex because I'm involved, and I'm amazing. I mean, oh, I mean, watch out. That's all I'm going to say. If you have sex with me, just watch out because it's unfreaking believable it's easily the best sex you've ever had every time you have it i'm kidding of course um i mean that's i've heard that actually i've heard that i am the best sex that some people have ever had isn't that crazy and, and i'm sure they've said that to everybody they've had sex with so it's <laughs> it's it's just there the float the, the float the monkey ego a little bit yeah the little <laughs> mm, yeah it makes you feel good when the, when when a woman tells a man that you're the best she's ever had, your shit explodes inside. You're just like, I am all that is man. Then I look down at my little pathetic six-inch penis and go, well, I mean, 
Maybe she meant it. Maybe not. Maybe she's just bullshitting me. Maybe she's just trying to make me feel bad. Maybe she read that in Cosmopolitan magazine and said, oh, you should always say that to your man if you really like him. Then I'll be like, well, she really likes me. <laughs> this is, women, trust me, guys think this shit too. It, you're, not, you're not the only crazy ones on the planet when it comes to this kind of stuff. We always think about that. Like after sex every time, like we're, we're looking at you and judging you like, did, did she enjoy that? I mean, not anymore. For me personally, I, as long as I get mine, I'm fine. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm a giver. I mean, somebody out there who's listening to this has had sex with me and they know that I'm a giver. I like to make sure you get there long before I do. And then when I do, I even clean up afterwards. So anyway, um, my, the worst sex I ever had though, Jenna, um, well, it wasn't with you cause I don't know you, Jenna, but, uh, the worst sex I'm, I'm trying to think. Well, there's two ends of that. There's two ends of that uh, spectrum because it could be the worst sex I've ever had because of me. And then there's the worst sex I've ever had because of the person I was with. I'll start off with myself because I'm self-deprecating. When I was like in my 20s, like in in the army, I was like literally at times a 10 pump chump. And I don't know why. I don't know if it was mental. I don't know. I was married at the time. For some reason with her, I couldn't like literally. And it wasn't her. Like she was beautiful, whatever. She was a piece of shit. But I just could not like had no stamina whatsoever. It wasn't like a cardio thing. No, it was, I was fine cardio. I was in the army. I was running 10 miles a day. But literally I'd put it in and be ready to be done. It was insane. Nowadays, like it's a marathon. Like I am grateful to be done. And usually they are too. They're like, Oh my goodness. Are you done yet? Fuck. Um, but back then, man, I was terrible. Like literally like when you see what there's nothing worse for a man, I mean, outside of dying relatives and stuff, but there's nothing worse for a man's ego than <laughs> disappointing, drastically disappointing your partner during sex. It's awful (laughs) it's it's just the worst fucking thing ever and i did that like nightly (laughs) with her and a couple other girls i remember there was a girl named maria mexican girl in detroit and for some reason only with her at that point because i was with a bunch of girls in detroit i was we've talked about this um for some reason only with her though i couldn't last a minute it was insane and she was so nice about it (laughs) Uh, almost, and some girls are flattered by that, but at the same time, if it keeps happening, then they get a little irritated because they want theirs. They want to be devastated in bed. Trust me, at least from what I've been told and devastated in a good way, not like, you know, punched in the face or nothing, but it's something like that too. Let's go back to the other point that we were talking about earlier. But I mean, it's just, you know, that was me being absolutely disappointing. I, um, thankfully that's like decades ago. Hasn't happened any time recently. Of course, I haven't been laid any time recently, but it's just, um, yeah, it's something that uh, I, I think it was mental because I just could not hold out. Now, as far as being with somebody else that was disappointing, there, there's two. Th- I can think of two scenarios, and I'm not going to n- mention names, even though I should because these people are no longer a part of my life and and they'll probably never listen to this, but I'm still not going to listen to names. One scenario is when, okay, first of all, let's get dirty. Let's get dirty. All you evangelicals can leave the room right now. All of you thin skinned, easily offended people get the fuck off my podcast to begin with. It's 
I have no room for you. But let's get a little naughty, why don't we? Let's get a little naughty. Let's let's set the uh, let's see. Alexa, turn lights red. Yeah, that's better. All right. I should have a little Barry White in the background. What do you think about that? Alexa, play Barry White. Barry White from Apple Music. Okay, here she goes. I'm going to get sued for this, but it's in the background. You can't really hear it. Well, I love this song, actually. Anyways, it's a little too upbeat for what I want to talk about, but um, let's get naughty. Two things. Guys love head. And if the guy is out there that says he doesn't love head, you're stupid. You've just never had good head. When a girl's talking to you, <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> I should always do this podcast. I've been talking to a girl named Amanda about doing a sex podcast. That would be a blast. And we have to have this music playing in the background. Okay. It's distracting me though. Alexa, stop. <laughs> It's too much, too much. Anyways, head is the best thing in the world. Um, like I said, sometimes when I'm going way too fucking long, just do that and get it over with because that's that's the key. That is the magical key that opens the gate and concludes the uh, the fantasy movie. <sighs> when a girl talks a good game and then can't deliver in the head game, that is disappointing. That is just like the worst disappointment that a guy can have in a sexual scenario. So if, you know, if you're just like, Oh my God, I'm going to suck your ass. Yeah. I'm going to do this. And you're never going to have anybody like me. I can't wait to put you in my mouth and I'll send you a picture of them with their tongue out. Like, Oh yeah, you want to be in here, don't you? And this shit happens by the way to everybody, not just me. Um, yeah. And then they get to it and they're like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do this. And yeah, I'm going to get down there. And then you're just sitting there going, Oh, I'm fucking excited. This is going to be great. And then, uh, Oh, it's like this little thin lipped dry. You like that baby? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. And then they'll grind the teeth. Like, Oh, just, just bend over. Like at that point, so, I mean, there's that. That's some bad sex. Um, it's kind of funny that I'm going to transition into the budding Iranian war after this. But um, <laughs> anyways, uh, then there's another aspect of bad sex. And I'm I'm going to be really respectful here because I don't have a vagina. I don't know what everything's about. I do know a lot about them. I've seen a lot of them. I've played with a lot of them, but I, I don't understand you know the ins and outs of them so but this this is about odor and uh, uh bad odors <laughs> there's a i was with a girl for about six months she was living with me she was a drunk absolutely insane super jealous like stupid crazy and she had the smelliest vagina it was like what she was beautiful don't get me wrong beautiful woman like anybody would look at her and go oh my gosh she's fucking gorgeous vagina was literally okay hop into the nearest dumpster behind any seafood restaurant (laughs) this is very disrespectful and gross but 
I'm, it's, I'm not making it up. It was just like that. It was absolutely disgusting. And I, uh, I, I don't know why it was like that. And I couldn't just bring, I'm like, I kept wanting her to like, just, okay, you're not smelling this because this is fucking terrible. Like, I don't, I don't want to have sex with this beautiful woman who was sleeping in my bed every night. I wanted to until it happened. And then I'm like, Oh, and I love going down on a girl, but I could not do it. I couldn't, couldn't stand it. I literally couldn't stand it. So one time I mentioned it to her. I said, look, you know, I, I, I don't know how to say this. I don't know how to say this. But you're just not fresh down there. You know, something's going on with you, like your body chemistry or something. Maybe we just don't connect that way or I don't know. But I, I don't think it's me. I think it's something's going on down there. And she got fucking pissed, went out, got drunk as shit and just like started throwing punches at me. And st- I'm like, Okay, I didn't do that right, apparently, because I always blame myself, but I just, uh, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. And I know, you know, guys have funky balls. Like, sometimes, like, you know, after you jerk off or something and you don't take a shower for, you know, several hours and that little, sometimes your dick stinks. You know, I get it. But I took care, I take care of it immediately upon finding out, like, oh my God, my dick stinks. I got to get in a, like, scrubbing my dick in a sink and, you know, using method soap and foamy stuff and then... No oh, shit, it's still there. I put a little deodorant around the head or something. Anything, anything to make that go away, I would do. But she wouldn't. And there's been others too that have just, and I get it, you have cycles, you have body things, but this was like for seven months straight. Grossness, just the worst thing ever. And there's been a few of those in my life that have just been like, you know, flings for a long time, or even girlfriends that's just been like, wow. So anytime, I mean, if I'm gonna get to the best worst sex I've ever had that just has to play a big part in it between bad head and a smelly vagina. Um, there's a lot of instances. I can't just say one person was the worst because you know, if I'm involved, it's always good. Give me the meat. Give me the meat. How can you have any pudding if you don't give me the meat? You know, I've got something going on in my apartment right now that is driving me natty. And I say natty as in G-N-H-T-T-Y, G-N-A-T-T-Y. My fish tank overflowed. Like, I guess the, something was wrong with one of the filters I bought and it started spilling out the back. And I noticed like the fish water was like, and I heard like leaking water and I thought it was my water tower. I was like, what is going on? Like maybe it was the dishwasher. No, it was, like the, the fish tank overflowed, like all over that down the back of the wall. And then like, it, it, it was everywhere. And that's fish water ever since that has happened. And this is not the meat of the program. It's just something that came off the top of my brain. Uh, we're going to talk about Iran here really quick. Ever since then, I've been dealing with like these tiny little black gnats flying everywhere, like every direction I look. And it's not like there's an infestation. I think there's probably like 12 of them. But they're just there. Like every time I sit for a second, boom, there's a gnat. Like I've killed five of them today. I'm I'm tired of it. So if anybody knows any, like I've actually got apple cider vinegar and dish soap. I've heard that was supposed to kill them. And I'm looking in here. Oh, there is some. There's some in there. There's like two or three in there. Holy shit. And I got like three of these little bowls around the house filled with that. Or Tupperware. I cut the top off the lid and put it on there. Holy shit, that actually works. 
I just read that online. So if anybody has any other ideas, like maybe even a spray or something, I'm tired of these little fuckers. I hate bugs. I never, ever, ever have bugs in my house. But ever since the fish tank overflew, overflew, overflooded, I, um, I've been dealing with this. So it's, it's driving me natty. And it's a, a fantastic pun that I had to fit in there. Uh, the meat. The meat of this episode is the main story. Uh, this is what we're here to talk about. Iran. Iran so far away. And I couldn't get away, especially right now from the news stories about Iran. <sighs> okay, uh, let's, let's, let's back it up a little bit. Let's go back to <clears throat> 1970s. I can't give you the exact year. But the United States uh, started, you know, they like this stuff called oil. We all use it, don't we? Heat our houses, drive our cars, and all that stuff. And Iran... I don't know if you know this or not, but they are very rich in oil. Um, They have lots of it, and we wanted it. So what did we do? We stuck in some economic jackals there. We we turned their people against their government. We ousted their current government, which admittedly was absolutely a criminal government. Uh, Most are in that region. And uh, that's how they get shit done. That's how they have to deal with people, with their culture. That's just it. It's in their culture. Hang on. Hmm. Still hot. Good Starbucks canister. Um, But yeah, we installed our own leader. Can't remember his name, whatever. And we took control of their oil. The people of Iran in the 70s, under the Ayatollah Khomeini and all this stuff, um, excuse me if I'm getting names wrong, they rose up. They removed the leader that we placed in in the the leadership role. They removed him, and then they went on to hating America forever, as they should. We had no business being over there. We had no business stealing their oil and and replacing their installing a new leader and all this stuff. We had no business doing any of that stuff before that. I ran was like a tourist destination for United States citizens. We were always over there. It's a beautiful place, man. It was no different than going to like Poland or Germany or something. Beautiful place. Can you remember any time before the the 70s that we villainized Middle Eastern people? No. No, they were treated just like everybody else. Of course, we made fun of them, uh, but that's just who we are. Just like they make fun of us. That's good. That's healthy to make fun of each other. I think so. I think comedy narratives should always be involved in cultural relationships. It, it just softens the blow. It just makes it easier to accept. But no, you know, there's sheiks and stuff out there and all this goofy stuff. And even the Three Stooges, like, were, they had a map that said between Iraq and a hard place. I and mean, whatever. It was really fun. But that all went away in the 70s. And then the Iran-Contra scandal, which, honestly... <laughs> they were kicking us out of the country and you know, they're all's well that ended well. Uh, but <sighs> Americans, Americans, I should say, they don't understand why the middle East hates us. So what I want you to do, what I want you to do, if you don't understand why the Brown people hate us over there, I want you to put yourself in their situation Okay, now you don't even have to put yourself over there. Put yourself right here. Let's change. Let's say Iran was the major superpower in the world. Let's think about that for a second. 
And we're over here just living like we live, doing our own cultural things. And then Iran came over here and basically stole our main resources. And they installed their own president into our White House. Think about that for a second. You'd be a little pissed off right now if you, if you found that out, wouldn't you? You'd be a little pissed off. Just a little bit, right? So we rise up and we get that guy out of the White House and we send him out of the country. We exile him. I don't know. Maybe they even killed him. Who knows? We say, fuck you, Iran. You're not going to keep us down like that. So Iran comes back, eh, you know, puts sanctions on us, makes our financial life harder, makes our day-to-day life harder, uh, limits our trade, surrounds us. Okay, I skipped the point. Then, then they invade Canada and Mexico. And they take over their governments. They install their, their central banking system. They, they, they in, in, they're basically infested Canada and Mexico. They're, they're military strategic points everywhere on both borders aiming at us. You'd feel a little intimidated, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? So... That's what we've done to Iran. Afghanistan and Iraq are bordering countries, and we have, I think they're bordering countries, pretty sure, and we have completely surrounded Iran. Not to mention Israel's over there, not to mention Saudi Arabia. Yeah, we have them surrounded. They can't deliver oil through the, through the straits over there without passing through, you know, waters that we basically control. We can starve them to death. Now, I want you to think about the Iranian people. First of all, do this. I have a lot of friends that live in Tehran, live in Iran. And all of them are like, we're deathly afraid of the United States. And, and we're deathly afraid of our own government. Because their own, their own government is, you know, backwoods, stone age philosophy, bullshit. It's, you know, not that the United States isn't. We're, we're a, a Christian nation that's just as backwoods and stone age, but we don't adhere to it as, as much as they do. They're actually much stronger willed people than we are. Uh, our religious people just pick the, the pieces of religion and pick pages out of the Bible that, that best suit them and they ignore the rest of this shit. That doesn't suit them. No, Muslims, <laughs> they're hardcore. And in the Quran, which I have read an English version of, it's not a war culture. Now, people take those parts out of it when they want to suit their agendas. Of course they do. That's what we do as well. But, you know, they're hardcore over there. Their religion is law. Our religion is supposed to be separated from law. Whatever. Um, that's, the, that's the big difference. They're forced. They're forced. They're programmed. They're indoctrinated into religious, um, to following their religious law. Whatever you want to call it. That's just how it is. So that makes them more committed. And honestly, these people, though, go on Facebook, look up Tehran, Iran, look in places and look at all the beautiful people. These people are amazing. They are absolutely amazing. They deal with stuff that we've never had to deal with. They're incredible people. And they're, God, the women over there are unbelievable (laughs) but they're just like us. They just want to go to work. They just want to raise their kids. They just want to have food on the table. They just want to be safe and peace and peaceful. That's all they want to do in Iran and Iraq and Saudi Arabia and all these different countries. I'm talking about the people. 
They're just like us. They want the same things. They laugh. They they drive to the store and grab some food and come home and they prepare it for their families. They go to work. They have radio shows and TV shows and stupid YouTube videos. Look. What's the difference? I'll tell you what the difference is. Our government and their government don't like each other. That's it. The people of Iraq have nothing against the people of the United States. The people of the United States shouldn't have anything against the people of Iraq or Iran or anywhere. This is a government issue. So I would love for their fucking leaders in Iran, these backwoods, brainwashed, religiously stained leaders, to, to, to meet with Donald Trump and all of his backwoods, fucking evangelical-based fucktards, I'd love for them to just, all of them, meet in Switzerland in a giant arena and just beat the fuck out of each other like men. Or women. Whoever's involved. There's probably no women on the Iran side, but just go there and fight it out. Fist fight. Since you're all such badasses and you can put people's kids in danger. You can kill. Kill. Do you realize the finality of death when you send soldiers out there and they die for no fucking reason? And I know you can come up with a thousand reasons. Yeah, it's about security and it's about this and all about blah, blah, blah. But in the grand scheme of things, we're a couple billion small organisms on a tiny pale blue floating rock out in the middle of an endless universe. Do you think any of this means anything? Wherever you're at right now, I'm sure there's a speck of dust somewhere. Look at it. Get a magnifying glass out. I don't know how you do it. Just put it on your fingertip. That's our entire planet in the grand scheme of things. Do you give a shit what's going on within that little piece of dust? I'm sure there's microorganisms or something crawling around there. Do you really give a shit what's going on? No. So why the fuck is all of this crap happening? We kill some guy who's done this and done that. Okay. Was it worth what could happen? No. Is it worth bringing in Israel and possibly Abu Dhabi or Abu Dhabi? I'm sorry. Uh, what is it called? <laughs> the rich little nation over there with all the tall buildings. Is it worth having them take damage and death? Because we want to prove that our dick is bigger than theirs. It's not worth it, man. It's not fucking worth it. And personally, honestly, Clinton did the same shit. As soon as he was impeached, we needed a distraction. We needed to get the heat off of old Tricky Dick or Tricky Bill or whatever the fuck they used to call him. Tricky Dick was Nixon, my bad. And then so, you know, Nixon, I think, um, I'm sorry, Clinton bombed Kosovo or whatever it was. And now we're over here with this conflict with Iran and during another impeachment trial. Coincidence? Possibly. Possibly not. Anyway, the whole thing's just fucking stupid. Iran's shooting missiles at U.S. military strategic points in Iraq. I think they, pers- they purposely missed. Um, I'm pretty sure they purposely missed kind of a shot across the bow type of thing. And it's, uh, it's, I'm glad they did because 
honestly, the United States has a military power and budget that the next top five countries can't even compete with combined. And that's not including Israel's military might, which is also in the top 10, and Saudi Arabia, which is also in the top 10, not to mention England and France and all of our allies and everything like that, and Japan and all these different places that would join in. Russia's not going to back Iran. They proved that in Syria. They completely stayed away from everything that was U.S.-related in Syria. And they would completely stay away from everything uh, in the conflict with Iran. China's not going to help. If China and the United States went to war, China would collapse. The United States is, is the lifeblood of China. Look around your house. How many Sony and Samsung and, and brands like that do you have in your house? Most of it, probably, if you have electronics. So China will die without the United States. Not to mention, you know, produce and ecological things and, and food. So they're not going to help. Who's going to help Iran? Nobody. Iran would be wiped off the face of the, ma- of the map if they got serious about invading, shooting missiles. And I'm not saying Iran. I'm saying the government of, of, of Iran. I can't, I can't talk right now. Um, if they shot missiles at Israel, if they shot missiles at um, Dubai, not to mention Saudi Arabia, not to mention Iraq, They'd be wiped off the face of the mat. And that's not good because the people of Iran do not deserve that. Nobody deserves that. Didn't we learn anything from World War II in Japan? Didn't we learn anything from Nagasaki and Hiroshima? No, we didn't learn a fucking thing, apparently. If Trump is going to sit out there and make those kind of threats, we will wipe you off the face of the mat. We, we will deliver sanctions that have never been seen before. You're, you know what sanctions do? They starve people. They limit progress. That's the last thing we should be limiting in Iran is progress. Let them get out of the Stone Ages. And they're not in the Stone Ages, by the way. They are a working, breathing country. I look at Iran and different countries around the world like I would look at New Jersey or Texas or something. It's really no different. There's people there doing people things. That's all it is. People just like you, same DNA with a slight little adjustment that just makes their skin brown and makes them grow impressive beards a lot faster than I can. It's just sad. It's really sad that in 2020, 2020, it's 2020. I've been around the 70s, 80s, 90s, like I said, the 2000s, the 10s. I'm going into my fifth decade and I've seen war in every single one of them. If I'm tired of it, I know you're tired of it. The people that we're bombing the shit out of are tired of it. When the fuck, when the fuck are we going to have a leader that just says, look, okay, Iran, how about you and I just sit, or uh, Iran leadership, whatever it is, let's sit and talk in front of the entire world. Yeah, Trump went to North Korea because he's got a new drinking pal, I guess. I don't know. Maybe he's got Korean prostitutes pissing on him over there, too. Who the fuck knows why Trump did that? It was a nice photo op, and that's really all that it is. We're right back to where we are. Korea's making threats and shooting missiles again. But if they didn't want to shoot the missiles in the first place, if they had no reason to shoot the missiles, if they had no gripe with us, then they wouldn't do it. So we got to root these things out. We have to solve them at the base and figure out the lines of communication need to be open, 
open and public. We're in 2020. We have the technology to have two world leaders sit on a stage with microphones in front of them. Maybe even in you know, fuck a live studio audience. We don't need people there. We need cameras. And let it go on online somewhere where everyone can watch for free and ask questions. Sure, everyone won't get their questions in, but the good ones will get answered. Most people will ask the same question anyway. But just let them go out there and be open and honest and transparent, live. Why can't we do that? If I was president, I would do that with every single leader in the world. Whether it's Putin, whether it's any, and I'd be brutally honest. But there's no honesty in politics. We know that. We've known that for decades. But you still partake. You still vote. You still follow this fucking reality TV show that they play out on 24-7 media. That's what you still do. But you know it's bullshit. It's like professional wrestling. I love professional wrestling. I've done it for 20 years. I know, obviously, I've wrestled over a 1,000 matches. I'd be dead if they were real. But it's entertainment. And everybody knows that it's entertainment. And it's fun. This isn't fun. But it is entertainment. You just don't know it. So this whole thing in Iran, I doubt it's going to escalate into a war because Iran doesn't want that. They will no longer exist. They will be the 51st state. <laughs> There'll be another Iraq if they end up shooting missiles at Dubai and Israel and Iraq again and actually cause damage, which they have not yet. They basically did a show of strength. And it was a good show of strength, a good, you know, Honestly, well played. And Trump backed down because he also knows that Iran and I, the United States do not need a war. People had to talk him down. I, I imagine his finger was on the button ready to push it. I have no proof of that. But that's just in my head. I'm like, we're going to bomb them off the planet. You know, I, I can only almost guarantee you that was in his feeble little brain. And he got talked down from it. But it's a dick-waving contest. That's all it is. And the United States militarily has the biggest dick to, that has ever existed. And it's, it's... I'm just tired of the whole... Even war being an option. You know what? Every fist fight that I've ever been in could have been solved if we just sat down and talked. And it's no different between countries. Now it's time for the happy ending. Okay, the big happy ending. Uh, my voice is like sore right now. I didn't even do that much time. It's been about an hour, but I mean, I, my throat is killing me right now. This is weird. It wasn't killing me when I started, so I, I guess I have to blame you. It's your fault. Mm. Anyway, happy ending time. Let's talk about some positives. Um, first of all, we're still around 1,500 viewers a week. That is uh, listeners a week for the podcast. That's amazing. If you like pro wrestling, uh, I got the Nine Mile Drive Wrestling Podcast. So check that one out as well. And speaking of wrestling, your boy, Brandon Bishop, has gotten back into the game. Um, I purchased a wrestling company up in Denver called Primos. We're going to change it back to my wrestling company name, which is Asylum Wrestling. There's a little teaser out there. Enjoy it. I uh, had fun making it new logos, all kinds of stuff. We're going to start ordering uh, new belts and booking venue dates and all kinds of stuff. It's starting all over again. I said I would never do this, 
but I got a little taste of it recently and I, it just, it's in my blood, man. I can't deny it. I think when I said I didn't want to do it, that was just me trying to convince myself that I didn't want to do it. But there's a lot going on. Wrestling is at a fever pitch right now. There's a lot of amazing things happening and it just feels like the time is right. So, um, in the meantime, uh, Primos has four more shows. I might make some appearances at that up in Denver. So if you're in the Colorado area or you want to fly in to check it out, come check it out. Uh, lots of fun to be had. Asai TV, alive and kicking, doing well. Over 600 hours of all original and classic TV and movies. Uh, you go to asytv.com, asytv.com, and I think you'll be blown away. It's only five bucks a month, 17 cents a day. Less than that cup of coffee that you had this morning, less than that delicious burrito that you're thinking about taking out and shoving in your face right now. Um, yeah, you get you get everything. There's paranormal shows, there's uh, travel shows, there's uh, classic and TV movies, Three Stooges, stuff like that. There's uh, so much, so much. Even this podcast can be found on there. The podcast, Asai Podcast Network, is also on there featuring a ton of different awesome podcasts. So go check it out, man, Asai TV. Dot com. Um, got a new project called The 22, which is actually going to start this spring. We're going to start filming all over the country. It's going to be a big list of all things, the top 22 things that are food, drink, and adventure in every single state and province. So looking forward to getting that mammoth uh, accomplishment done. And uh, my kid and I, we wrote the book, Billy Fred Whopper Goggles. It's available on Amazon. I think it's on sale right now. And uh, we may maybe have just met a new publisher. Her name's Kat, and she does amazing stuff with her and her daughter have books out. So, um, yeah, we're becoming quick friends, and she's awesome, and I hope to publish our next book uh, through her. Uh, next couple books, actually. We have two more written already. And, um, yeah, back to the One-Eyed Buffalo thing. There's an album on iTunes right now called Last Room on the Right. Go buy it. You'll love it. Dave's a musical genius. I miss him. I love him. Go listen. And uh, the next album will be out hopefully by this summer, hopefully. And uh, what do you got going on, man? Look, go to the Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, subscribe. Just like the damn page. And um, ask me questions. Uh, we do this mail thing every single week. Uh, I love hearing your questions. We still have a bunch of questions left over that we can use for next week. But a lot of them are kind of repeating. So ask me something unique. I don't care what it is. Ask me about my love life. Ask, uh, ask me about world situations and social issues and all this stuff. Asai TV, books, music, everything. There's an empire building right here. And you're all a part of it. So I appreciate you listening. And until next time, uh, love yourself and love everybody around you. Even though you don't have to like yourself or like anybody around you. Bye.